Good evening and welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Just enjoying this 4-0 start for our favorite football team. I am so glad you said enjoying the 4-0 start because that is exactly right. I, I We're recording a day late this week. Um, happy birthday to some of our family members. Yes, <laughs> yes from last night. But uh, yeah, so which has given us a little more time than usual to like process the craziness that was this game and this weekend in the Sun Belt. Um, but yeah, the Dukes are 4-0. Like however they got there, enjoy this. Third FPS. Yeah. They're now 12 and 3 since we got here. Yeah. And last year we thought they were going to be, I don't know. We thought six and five was a huge victory. Right. I would have I would have spun four wins last year as a positive debut. I would not have been happy, but I would have been like, hey, that's that's not bad. You know, that's right. a decent year one. Um, and we don't have four losses since we got here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like so everybody. You know, this is what we signed up for. We Take don't have breath. games against Towson anymore. By the way, Rob, I flipped to the for all the complaints about our broadcast this weekend, and there are many. Um, I flipped to Towson, Norfolk State. Towson, um, <laughs> Towson managed to lose to Norfolk State this weekend. Ooh. <laughs> oh boy! I mean, some of our local, yeah. It just it was a big reminder. There was like thirty people in the stands, and like, you know, say what you want about the Utah State broadcast team, but. The fans hung in there. Good crowd. Good crowd, right? Yeah. Beautiful place, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, they're 4-0, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this, you know, as long as we can. And I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it. I think there's some there's some positive things to take away from this weekend, too. So, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Go by the shop anytime. Mention the podcast, and we can get a free sticker. Um, going to be talking to those guys soon. And I know they've got a bunch of family in town for family weekend this weekend. So should be, they should have a good time. Hopefully they'll enjoy, I don't know, another tough Sunbelt performance. So, um, but we'll have more to come from them soon enough. Rob, we got to start. So this game is so hard. I'm glad I did get to mostly rewatch the game today. Finally, I'm actually glad we didn't do this last night. I rewatched it yesterday. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Watched yesterday afternoon. Because my feelings were like, it was 45-38. So obviously there was like a shit ton of scoring and there was 7 million like crazy plays both ways in this game. Um, You know, there were mistakes. There were good plays. There were, I don't know. By the end of the game, my, my feelings were like entirely emotional about this. I was just like, you know, all the stages of being a fan. Like, we're going to kill these guys. This is great. This is wonderful. This is terrible. I'm angry. I'm going to throw stuff. Reggie oh, Brown that was, is the greatest. You, you were right? in the like, game Saturday night. That was the Yeah, yeah, the whole defeat. thing, right? And but almost I, but, the agony of defeat. Right. And it was so late. I mean, these last two weeks, but this one, the 8 p.m. kick in a 45-38 sort of crazy game where there's like 8 million clock stoppages and everything else. Like, oh. I don't know. I'm back to, I'm ready to get back to East coast time. I'm I'm not, I'm never a proponent of the noon kick, but I was ready. Like at 1130 Saturday night, I did not have like the capacity to process this. Yeah. I also, I don't know what was going on, but it seemed to be particularly long. Like the breaks when I was watching yesterday, yeah. I do like the skip ahead. If I can't find the condensed games, yep. you know, I'll do like the YouTube, you know, 15 second yep. thing. 
some of those breaks, even like 30 second timeouts, were going like two, two and a half minutes. They were, and there were. It was like watching baseball prior to this year. You were like, there's so much dead air in this. It was, it was excruciating. And unfortunately, there were a number of injuries on both sides. Yes. Um, We'll get to the goes in a little bit. Um, I think that turf was brand new. It's actually the opposite of being like old and worn out. It was like super sticky, I think we've heard through the grapevine. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I did rewatch the Kidwell play and he got rolled up on. I mean, that's the most that traditional happens, offensive yeah. lineman injury you can have. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we should talk about that first. They lost Nick Kidwell in the first play of the game. Uh, I think by a lot of accounts, Kidwell, it's, it's really frustrating because it feels like we're a little bit snake bit on this O-line, like senior veteran O-lineman um, who are NFL draft prospects. This is like the third one in a row. Fornaddle and Fornaddle and and um, Wells before Wells had that problem at the end of his career. I mean, well, that wasn't the only, right? But you know, like yes, like the Fornaddle, it, it was very reminiscent of the Fornaddle situation, um, getting hurt when you're kind of on a path to maybe being you know a real prospect. Really frustrating for Kidwell. Did think during the game, and then you know, uh, trying to put the silver lining on it. I thought during the game and and. And Signetti confirmed this week, you know, because it happened in game four, he's still sort of basically eligible for a red shirt in this case, like a medical red shirt, I guess I think there'll be a second. Um, and you know, not to, you know, not that he wanted to think of it this way, but it's not impossible, Rob, that we have five senior offensive linemen with like unbelievable starting experience. Um, starting the season next year in the first year that JMU is actually eligible for everything, you know, at this point, the other four starters were our redshirt juniors. So who knows, you know, um, I just wish Kidwell the best in, in his recovery and everything. Um, we saw Lawson get nicked up. Kamara got nicked up. Those all seemed like things that at least as of today, you know, I don't know what it'll be like this week, but, um, you know, seem like those are things they're going to come back from pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, and I don't think there was anything else. I mean, Jones and Carroll didn't play again. Did I say that? Jones and Walker, not Jones and Carroll, not the two Tauruses. Yeah, <laughs> Jones and Walker didn't play again. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any. We haven't heard anything to think that they're not on their way back. Right. They, I think they are on their way back. I don't know if it's this week or, you know, if guys can hold be held out this week, then they get another buy. So you're looking at like three more weeks of recovery for anyone who's nicked up right now. Um, we'll start there, but okay. First down, Rob, what did you, what, what was your, what's your first down from this game? This crazy 45, 38 game where JMU was at one point up 24, zero. Um, let's, let's try to take, let's try to take a positive thing. Yes. And, and I want to, I want to kind of pose a question to you. Like, do you think the first quarter effort we saw, is that the peak? Does that represent the peak or, or the ceiling for this JMU team? I mean, they were explosive yeah. on offense the defense was next level. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe USU, yeah. which is a dumb acronym, by the way. Yes. Um, I think they had three possessions, negative yards in each, threw it out. Like that was just, they just came and punched them in the mouth. And I, I'd like to think that they could take it even higher. I think the next, the evolution would be, can you do that for four quarters? Mm-hmm. We clearly have not seen that yet. But if they could put together four quarters like that, they can beat anybody on the schedule. I mean, that was just absolutely 
it's like stunning football. Yeah. Uh, it proved short lived, which was disappointing, but to see that sort of see the offense clicking. I mean, guys, you weren't even on the depth chart catching touchdowns. Yes. This was a major thing for me too, Rob. I didn't think of it exactly this way. I was thinking about it more in the McLeod sense specifically, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And actually, if you really go back and look at this game, you know, Utah state played the worst possible first quarter that they will play all season, right? That was the worst quarter of football. They will play all season. Rewatching the game. I realized like sort of knowing what was coming. The first quarter was JMU played fantastic. Utah State did not. I don't think that first quarter was representative of their ability. Um, and then in the third quarter, JMU played the worst possible quarter they could play all season. Uh, in fact, rewatching it, all I could think for Utah State in the first quarter was this is JMU. This was the second quarter that JMU played against App State last year. Yeah. Right. Where just like every possible stupid penalty and turnover and dumb thing, in addition to playing a good team who will, you know, you know, cash in on those mistakes, you know? Yeah. But I did think Jamie played horrendous in the third quarter, but offensively first, second and fourth quarter. I mean, they scored 45 points in three quarters Yeah, because they scored none in the third. I mean, they only scored seven in the second half, but I mean, yeah, I thought we did see, that was what I came away thinking. The positive from this is we saw some real growth in the offense and those two, you know, the throw, I mean, the throw to Dollison on the first one is the throw that we were told, like, that was the throw we were told why Barnett was the starter a little bit mm-hmm. because McLeod wasn't hitting that. And we'll get to, I mean, my second down is going to be Reggie Brown, but the last throw of the game or the last touchdown that McLeod threw to Brown while he was getting crushed is yeah. the best throw he has made in the JMU. That's a Duke. That was an, and especially after the game he had played, I think the first interception that he threw in the first half, I can kind of live with. He was feeling it. I don't know why Brown wasn't looking for the ball. It almost seemed like he didn't think the route was coming to him. Like the first one I kind of understood. The second interception was obviously bad. Even if I also understood it from a, like in the moment sense, like you could see it coming as he was, that was the one he threw along the sideline. Like, yeah, you know, and you're just like, you got to throw that one away. Um, but then when he had the fumble is the play that I thought he really kind of put his head down. And I was like, oh, no. Like, and the fumble was bad because it was a broken play that he actually made a good play. Like, I don't know whether it was him or the running back that went the wrong way, but he tried to hand it off and it, nobody was there. And then he just ran for it and like made a good play out of it and then fumbled. And you could see McLeod kind of hang his head. And to come back and then he comes back on the next series and hits that throw to Brown. Um, you know, that was like his third or fourth read on the play. Yeah. I felt like you, I felt like this was real. The running back game, the like flat passes, we sort of got away from them in the second and third quarter, but those looked amazing in the those first quarter. Good. Yeah. yeah. Like there was a lot of creativity. What was it? Um, Kai, right? Like other tight ends besides Horton getting involved down near the goal line. And you just, like you said, Dollison was in there. Surratt was in there. Brown was in there. Sproles was in there. I mean, they were spreading it around, you know, bringing Tyson Lawton in to just crush people. Like, yeah, I, I felt like you. I This was the first time this season, actually, that I think, you know, those last true drives against UVA after the rain delay. And then this week where the first, this was really the first like performance where I was like, wow, 
there's really potential here for this offense. These guys are growing into it. Um, so yeah, I feel like you, I, I think you're right. I think there's a real, the, the ceiling feels higher to me, even though the third quarter in, was so bad, was so bad. And like, even that, like, you know, the remnant play where he makes the interception and then fumbles, you know, there was some weird stuff. Um, in this game, I, we're really lucky that Fisher and Pons didn't fumble the last two. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you just got to go down. You got to go down right there. But yeah. uh, yeah, I I felt like that's a great place to start, Rob. I mean, they had 500. I mean, McLeod that six touchdown, four touchdowns passing and two rushing. Oh, by the way, the whole idea that somebody told McLeod to keep the ball this week, and he looked at the offense looked so much more dynamic once he was willing to pull it a few times. Yeah, you know. I mean, like we've seen glimpses. We've seen big plays. We've seen yeah. good drives. I haven't seen anything all year that I would that that would cause me to believe that this offense could be explosive until right. the first quarter. Me too. That was because they were mixing it up. You know, they were getting mm-hmm. chunk plays in different ways. They were spreading it around. It didn't just look like okay. I mean, any offense can put together an exciting play. Yep. There's busted coverages. There's guys who just get free or misreads, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really looked like it was clicking for the first time. I was like, wow, this could be the sort of JMU offense that has spoiled fans. We've come to come to kind of expect almost, and we haven't seen it yet this year. So that was my takeaway. Like, yes, we can talk about all the other bad stuff and where things went wrong, where they need to improve. We can get to that. But for the first time, I saw glimpses of like, wow, this can be a very potent offense. For sure. That's a, And when you add in, I mean, we heard the other receivers talking up Dollison quietly. Like we, we'd sort of heard the rumors that he was a guy that they all thought was like good, mm-hmm. but to see him like go another deep threat, you know, I think, wow, this could really start working out here. And that, and that all happened in the first quarter after they lost Kidwell. So remember the whole game was they pushed Tyler Stevens outside to tackle and they put Carter Miller in at guard. Who's the red shirt freshman. Um, and you know, they didn't miss a beat. And Tyshawn Wyatt was a little bit hobbled from the game before and really hung in there. I mean, big, big credit to him. Um, but yeah, that was after Kidwell went out that they looked so good too. So I'm with you. I, I feel really kind of, I'll take, I took a positive away from, from the offensive performance as well, especially early in the game. Yeah. Um, and then the sec, that's, I mean, we'll just go there. The second thing, I mean, we've talked about McLeod and, but Reggie Brown, I mean, those two touchdowns, Rob, are just, we saw a little bit of that. I remember early last year, I think he had two against Middle Tennessee, maybe even three. I don't, I don't know. We'd even seen it the year before that. I mean, I remember back in the last CAA days, I feel like we saw a couple of those flashes. I feel like a couple games. Yeah. yeah, long one at Richmond at one point. You know, and and but the, the speed, man. You know, yeah, he's like, got some afterburners, man. Man, when he gets going in a straight line, you know, because he's a big, tall guy. Um, that was fun to watch. I mean, it was just fun to see, like you said, it was just fun to see them be explosive. It was great. So I, I just was really, really impressed with Brown. I mean, a 57 yarder and a 75 yarder. Those are big time. So, you know, overall, I, I think, I mean, the tight ends is the last part of this offense that we haven't seen much usage, but I feel like that's, you just sort of see the development of McLeod with the whole receiving core and the command of the offense starting to come. Um, you know, you can't, you can't throw that one on the sideline, but like, 
if you're going to throw four touchdowns and run for two, you know, we'll give you, you know, you get a pass on one bad throw too. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that was what we saw from Santeo last year. Like if you're going to do that, you know, (laughs) you can do what you want a little bit. Brian Shore. Brian Shore. There are stretches where I felt like you just kind of counted on him having one throwaway interception that you could live with because he made so many other exciting plays. It just was kind of, it became a feature, not a bug of his play. And it was fine. You hear guys who take chances and everything. Every once in a while, they want one back. But I I thought it was a very impressive performance. And it kind of shocked me how many people in the heat of the moment were calling for a quarterback change. Or it just, it's funny. The psychology of being a fan, you know, not knocking anybody, but you look at it and it's like, you know, all things told, yeah, there's a couple couple throws he'd want back. But man, there's a couple throws you hang in the Louvre too. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you can't, you know, and not to mention, yeah, we, we can get to our, we don't need to be too self-loathing about our fan base at the moment. But yes, the the Duke's domain thread about firing Signetti, it's, it's so ridiculous. It, like, yeah, well, it's not Signetti's fault that Latrell Palmer fumbled again in a cr- crucial situation, right? Like, we love Latrell, but this is a thing that happens with him from time, yeah. right? I mean, he's good for one or two of these a year. Um, you know, Signetti's not out there getting the interception and then fumbling it, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, that stuff was ridiculous. I will say, Rob, I, I guess we can move on to like a third-ish down here. I, I mean, I have plenty of other positives to talk about in this game. Um, but I was frustrated a little bit with at least my perception at the time of the defensive game plan in the second half. They seem to go into full like Jack Del Rio, Greg Williams, like just old school football guy. Like I'm going to blitz every single play. And that was like once the, you know, new school quarterback and offensive coordinator on the other side figure that out, like that's not sustainable. And, you know, I I do have my frustrations. I will say like rewatching. You know, the first long touchdown and the one in the back of the end zone for them, I don't remember what that one, not the first, I don't know which touchdown it was, but there was one where we had two guys there and we didn't make a play on the ball. You know, I thought that was a yeah. heck of a throw. Yeah. Like, heck of a throw, I, I didn't have think a catch. Like, the, you had the safety yep. support coming over and just yep. got there a second late. I didn't think it was terrible coverage. I mean, the guy no. was within arms. He didn't turn around, but you don't always turn around until you get close enough. He was right there. It wasn't like, Right. He was five steps behind. Nope. I, I think that was just one of those situations where it's football. You got to tip your hat. And the same great, thing, great even the last attack. one. I mean, Logan got beat, but he wasn't far off. Like, it was a great throw. Like, if it's not a perfect throw, then it's not a touchdown. The yeah. one down the sideline. Like, and I do think this is a little bit like my own expectations. It's so funny. I was trying to think tonight about Jimmy Moreland, Raven Green, Rashard Robinson, like, we had these guys who had we we our perception at the time was these guys had incredible ball skills, and they did. Like some of those guys went on to play in the NFL, right? But they also played against FCS quarterbacks, you know, and FCS wide receivers. And you know, I think about that last play in the UVA game, right, where they where the you know you overthrew the guy. How many times have we been sitting there at Bridgeforth and like they threw one deep and it just it wasn't wasn't a good throw and catch, yeah. you know, like 
our guys like to go around and say it's incomplete and like talk trash, but the truth is like they just missed. <laughs> they missed, right? Because the kid from southeastern Louisiana in the playoffs is actually not good. He's just a big fat statue, right? <laughs> and he's not good. Where like this kid was like the Utah player of the year in high school last year or whatever he was, which we Oh my God. Now we know, again, we know everything there is to know about Utah high school football after these announcers. Um, just like the Weber state game, but it's brought to you by the university in Rob. Um, right? It's green wipe. Yeah. Yes. Sky Ridge high school. Oh my God. I, I just, I feel so bad for the Utah state players because the announcer spent the entire game talking about Utah, BYU and high school games. Yeah. And not about Utah state. Right. Like, and then the guy like blatantly is like almost making fun of, like, he's like, I don't know any of the words. I don't know what this song is. Like, oh, anyways. It it just, yeah. But I do think we have some growing pains, both, you know, player wise and coaching wise. And like at this level, some guys are going to hit those throws and, you know, we can't keep giving things up, but I didn't feel like in in rewatching it, a couple of the long ones that they hit, they weren't like. Oh my gosh, they made a five yard pass and then we missed four tackles and nobody was in position and we took terrible angles. It was like they made plays and we didn't. Um, I mean, and that's not to excuse it. It's just, you know, it's something you got to improve on. But I don't know. I, I was more just frustrated that we were like leaving everyone out there one on one every time because we were just blitzing all the time. And I don't know. I'd love to hear from the coaches because they may have felt like we had to do that. Like, you know, I, I don't know, right? I mean, they, they're much smarter about this than I am. But, um, you know, anyways, <laughs> probably enough whining about this stuff. Because, like, I watched it in real time, and I was upset as anybody. So, yeah. when, you know, I, I was freaking out, like, what's going on? And even the next morning, I woke up, and in my head, it was a complete failure of the offensive coaching in the third quarter and just mm-hmm. terrible play calls. And I was even convinced myself like, well, this is a pattern. You know, we've seen this happen too many times. And once again, Signetti and the coordinators are just turtling up and they're doing it. Then I rewatched it and it was like, oh, wow, I was a little bit off my rocker. Uh, it was a situation where it's like, guys just didn't make plays. You know, we could do like an all cliche podcast for this game, you know, game of inches and players got to make oh, yeah. plays. X's and O's or Jimmy's and Joe's or whatever. You could do all that crap. But like, <laughs> The fact of the matter is, it wasn't like they drastically changed their approach. Nope. The first possession, second half, three and out, Brown dropped a catchable ball yep. on third. Um, that could have been first. Second possession, um, McLeod just missed, you know, th- yep. or threw a pick. Threw a pick on that one. Yep. That's the mistake you talked about. The third possession, this is the one, like, I don't know. They, they gave it to Black on, like, third and long. He went up the middle. I don't know if that was something somebody saw or an audible. Right. That one... Didn't look good. Who knows? Then right. the next possession, I think, I think they threw it to like black in the flat and he scampered for six or seven. Then the running back went backwards and lost down. So you go from like what yeah. is a very achievable, you know, you think you're going to get the first on second down, all of a sudden you're back and just incomplete. You know, it's like these were just mistakes. The, the yep. next possession, I think they they were moving the ball and they fumbled. So it wasn't like they were just handing it off and running up the, t- you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. That was what I came away from. It just was a situation where it's like, it's football. Yep. You know, like the, the guys didn't execute it. But in my head, it was like, oh my gosh, we just didn't do anything right. And terrible approach. It stinks. Um, so I went from like, the sky is falling. This team lacks an edge or they can't put together a full 60 minute effort to just being like, 
yeah, they kind of got some bad breaks. You know, they, yeah. they kind of, if Brown, Brown had an outstanding game, one of the best games we've seen a Jamie wide receiver have in a long, long time, he still dropped the ball. Still dropped it. Yep. yep. You know, um, and, we talked about McLeod. McLeod had a fantastic game. That's a pick he definitely would want back. Uh, the, the fumbles. Yep. It's, the fumble, yep. yep. It, so it's not this crisis. It isn't like, oh no, my God. They had gosh. three fumbles. They had five turnovers. Yeah. Right. They had and they three won. fumbles and two interceptions, and they won on the road for the third week in a row. Like, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I also, the other sort of subtle thing in this game that I did rewatch, I don't know, the Utah State touchdown that was kind of like they were driving, they were down close. And they sort of fit in. He fit the pass in kind of a tight window. I, I don't know. They had like three guys on the outside. That guy Vaughn just killed us, number zero. Um, but this was the shortest one the, of the one he caught. And I was like, man, why is DJ Barksdale in there? So we had a new freshman safety in there. And then, of course, Barksdale's the one who was also played. He started returning kicks this week. Um, you know, lost Van Horse early in the season. Malinagi had been returning. But obviously, they decided to go with Barksdale. And after you know, JMU would squander the opportunity. But the one where Utah State scored and got a personal foul like for taunting or something mm-hmm. after the play, that was the one. That was that play. Um, he had a great kick return on there you know, and showed a lot of speed. And you're like, this is another true freshman on the team. And I've just been thinking like in the portal, I think the coaching staff is also trying to figure out like in the portal world, in the NIL world, like, you know, there's no reason to, some of these kids might not have played as freshmen in past years, past there's, coaching Yeah, staffs. there's no reason to sit on talent. But now you're not going to sit on talent, right? And so you see, and, and I couldn't help but think, you know, Tyreek Tucker made one of the biggest plays of the game and is playing all the time at D-tackle. You know, Pons was all over. His fingerprints were all over the the big stands at the end of this game, you know? Um, and and Barksdale looks like he, you know, he's re- he looks like a real athlete out there. Um, and I just couldn't help thinking about all those guys and like the way you have to kind of just readjust. Like you said, you, you're not going to sit on talent anymore if the guys can help you. And I think at the same time, that's going to require some growing pains, you know? And I'll bet if Barksdale, two weeks from now, he probably makes that play or breaks that ball up or is a little closer to that receiver you know, when like learning that, but you're trying to figure it out. And they had trips on that side and they ran that little play. JMU used to run to Thornton where they like have the good receiver sort of pull up short. And, you know, we, we wasn't quite there. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how he does two or three weeks down the road with that. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought there was a whole lot to, to grow on here. I also couldn't help but think, Rob, I mean, two things. One, if you told me before the game, JMU would win 45-38, I would have taken it. And I would have thought like, well, that's a little frustrating from the defense, but like that must be some signs of life from the offense that we hadn't, I think we both felt like we hadn't really seen to this point. You know, um, they put together some long sustained drives at Virginia. I think we maybe overlooked like the positivity of that at the time, just because that game was also one of those that started well and then fell apart and then we came back. Um, you know, but Troy's a really good defensive team. Saw that again this week, what they did to Western Kentucky, who was, you know, considered a great offensive team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would have taken it beforehand. It's just the way that it happened. It drove us crazy. Um, and then the same thing, the other thing I thought about this game, this felt like last year's Georgia Southern game, didn't it? 
Yeah, that's a like good the one where you're like, you think you have it. You just think you're better. Like you watch the film in the first quarter and you're like, we just seem more talented, but it just gets more and more frustrating and we can't stop them throwing, you know? And yet this year we survived this game, <laughs> you know? Um, and last yeah, year we didn't. I, I, I no. think that's, that's a good way to look at it. And 4-0 yeah. is 4-0 and three games on the road in a row is impressive. Yeah. We don't need to sugarcoat it. Like the, the pasty is a concern, but they stepped up big when they needed to at the end of the game. Yeah, so like, didn't they? That is somewhat of a positive. You know, you talk about everybody, the cliche is what, you know, the, you need to be like short memory or goldfish or anything, play yeah. defensive back. They at least are showing that like these guys are not untalented. No, and as you mentioned, how about that play from Fisher? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they're good. Like, I can't tell watching on television. It's one of those things where it's sometimes better to be at the game because you can see how a receiver gets open. You know, was it did he beat somebody off the line? The way it was with this game is by the time they'd flash to the receiver (laughs) with the cameras, you would just see guys chasing him. I'm like, oh, it looks bad. When you right. see that, you're like, oh my gosh. So I think it's natural for your head to be like, well, that guy just got burned. Right. Maybe he did. Maybe he right. slipped. Maybe he got jammed. Maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. But like, they need to make some improvements. Um, the talent is there. Yep. The experience will come. But like you, I mean, I I get the idea of selling out to stop the run. Um, and so yeah. you're going to put guys out there on an island. But now we're getting to the point where this is week in, week out. It's just a dangerous game to play. If you're like, you know, we're going to concede that pretty much anybody can throw for 300 yards against this team. We're going to buckle down in the red zone and stop them. That didn't really happen this week, um, unfortunately. And they also didn't stop the run this week. So like, this was just a situation where I think we might need to give Utah State a little bit of credit. That's That's another thing too. That's not giving the D a pass, but I know I do this. I'm not going to blame this on the fans. I feel like I'm always the guy being like, fans do this. This is me. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency when things go well, like in the first quarter, it's a hundred percent because McLeod and Reggie Brown and Kalen Black are awesome. It's not that, you know, the other opponent made mistakes or us, but then when the opposite happens, like when the other team <laughs> makes plays, fault. it's all our fault. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, they didn't make a play. My guys got beat. The truth yeah. is somewhere in the middle, yeah. you know, but like, I just, by venture of the fact that we're watching on television and the camera work, they can't show the all 22. I don't know what's happening, but it's happening every week to the point where I think you got to adjust the scheme in some way. You got to mix up, maybe pull a little bit of zone or um, every once in a while, maybe don't bring the heat. Yeah. Let guys get back there. Trust, trust you can get a pass rush with just four. Um, I'm not and sure. We can like, because Chroma, Kamara and Carpenter and Tucker are unbelievable. Players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, um, I think that's right. So if last year was this, if this was last year's Georgia Southern game, the game after that was Marshall. Um, is this week Marshall? <laughs> Let's hope not. Um, you know, we didn't have a, you know, didn't have a quarterback injury coming out of it. Or anything like that. And the other thing, Rob, I, oh, this is what I, I, I should have said this right at the top of the show. Remember back when you and I talked before the season this year, we did our season preview back in August, early August. And we looked at these first five games in this first month of the season. And we thought this was really tough. Remember? I mean, we're the Bucknell, UVA. Uh, what, have 
what am I afraid of Carolina? Troy, Utah State, South Alabama. And our thinking at the time was like, man, you know, three and two would be keeping the season alive. Like, is probably like, is not something we should be upset about. And four and one would be like, that would be great. Like, all your goals would be ahead of you, kind of thing. And they're sitting at four and zero oh with, you know, with the the home game to go. Todd, even more than that, they're sitting at four and zero. Oh without playing an A game. Yeah, they haven't. And that's what I, I guess that's what I thought. You're right. The first quarter of this game or the, the first quarter and a half is a reminder of like, if they could play this, you know, if they could play combine this offensive performance with the defensive performance we saw against Troy, like now we've really got something, you know, like, yeah, no, I, I think so too. Um, pretty excited about this weekend. Um, and, it's and also speaking- interesting when you talk yeah. about like, first of all, yeah. JMU is always good at home. Look at the yes. record, you know, going over coaches. It's a tremendous home field advantage. We also, Todd, you made this point a couple of years ago. The page has turned from family weekend being the oh, worst yeah. out of the year to being one of the best. Yes, and I think combined with the, it's a legit sellout. Like it's a legit sellout. Yep. You've got parents who are excited, obviously, about seeing their kids, but also looking forward to the game. It's yeah, no they longer got a something you did FBS just a team that they watched beat Virginia a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, there's there's a bunch of moms and dads just... who are pretty excited to come watch this game. Yeah. And the yeah. 12 o'clock kick is perfect because it is perfect. there's real no incentive to leave early. You leave early, you got to putz around Harrisonburg with your parents for three hours before your dinner. Yeah, I was going to say, not that any students listen to us, but this is the game you should stay at because this is like the best three hours of your weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I, I think you probably have moms and dads and brothers and sisters who are excited They're like oh wow i get to go see this you know big college football game and it's yeah it's, so it's cool todd along those notes yep very very fun for me i was driving this was a first i was cool. driving baseball carpool last week and okay. james and his buddies often are talking college football on the way okay and the general conversation was about jmu oh wow they were like hey james you're going to any any jmu games this year and he's like, oh, maybe App State. And from the back seat, oh, man, that game last year, JMU and App, that was epic. One of the best games of the year. I love it. And they're like, and the kids are going through and like talking about it where you used to need to almost have that like caveat. Oh, they're Division One. They also play yeah, good. Oh, it's FCS. Yeah. But now it's like the kids who are big college football fans are aware. Are aware. Not yep. only aware, they're like, oh. And they're like, is JMU eligible this year? They got screwed last year. They would have won the Sun Belt. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, this this is amazing. You know? yeah. Well, as you remember at that age, like you have nothing else to do. You know everything. You know everything because you're just watching games. <laughs> yeah. But it was really stuff, cool. Like, yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome to hear. That's exactly what uh, we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks, just the building blocks here and there. So good. Um, obviously, the one funny thing from this game, um, not the one, I mean, there was many, many funny things. I mean, holy cow. I all right, we've done enough on the announcing. Um, the officiating was horrible. And and I, I said to my my brother, actually, I, t- I talked to him last night, Sunday, and he was asking me what happened in that game. And I was telling him the officiating was like incompetent, but I was like, I don't know that it was biased. I mean, of course, in the moment, I felt like it was biased, but it was just terribly incompetent. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't think it was biased. I just didn't think it was particularly competent. Like that ball bounced to that kid on that one throw, long throw over the middle too. Like, <laughs> the two clowns in the booth even said so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like I'm like, oh my gosh. They're like, that's coming back. That one right. definitely bounced into his belly. <laughs> right, and it didn't. Um, obviously, the Signetti cell phone moment. You know, you guys have heard all this stuff. You probably listened to seven other shows about this, but I thought it was glorious. I love that. I mean, I do like that Signetti took accountability today or yesterday and said, you know, he shouldn't have done that. He got caught up in the heat of the moment. Someone handed it to him. And he, I, I also really liked that he defended um, the young guy from the comms team who handed him the phone. Um, I probably shouldn't have shouldn't have so publicly outed him on Twitter during the game because I felt like he was my spirit animal for handing. If you watch, though, all the players and other coaches were pushing like, Here, him take up. Take it, take it, take it. Like, yeah. like he was just kind of doing what anybody would do in 2023. He was just exactly look at your phone. Susie was and doing. At the show to the person next yeah. to you. The person next to you taps somebody else says, check this out, check this out. So like that was that was hive mind happening in real time. There was it like, was. I don't put and it wasn't any, wrong. No. And I don't blame Signetti. It's like No. That's not a situation. People are like, Oh, you've been a coach for decades, you gotta know better. What well, yeah. At what point when he started coaching, did he think he would have a replay machine in his pocket? Well, according like, to the clowns on the play by play, he should have gone to jail for that. It, it was illegal, oh, yeah. Rob. He violated so, the Constitution. Yeah, they were. <laughs> the, those guys were bad. The 38th uh, Amendment talks. right there or something. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they just kept going on. Like, I actually thought the Sunbelt handled it perfectly. They I do the too. reprimand because, like, you know, they're not mad. They're no, laughing. you know, secret. It's both of these things. So we also had to marshal. Did you see that? So I retweeted the Marshall thing. In fact, I sent it to the JMU comms team because it was so freaking cool. It was amazing. It was an amazing video, yeah. the drone video of Marshall coming out of the tunnel. Um, and yes, I thought to myself, um, having been the one who made these calls on drone footage at another university, ah, uh, that's sketchy. Like, I hope that thing doesn't crash. Yeah. Right? Like, like um, but yeah. And the Trident. Texas State. In, oh, well, we'll get to the Trident in a second, but I just I love that the Sun Belt, you know, like you said, publicly public reprimands are the new double secret probation. Um, yes, because the Sun Belt secretly loved both of these things because they were wonderful. Um, you know, that JMU, the Signetti phone thing was all over the place. I love the Marshall guys that said uh, that where everyone was doing the meme of what was on what Signetti was showing on the phone, and they were like. Yeah that he was showing, have you seen the Marshall drone video? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, um, yeah, that was awesome. And then the Texas state thing, I actually thought was the best thing of the weekend. Um, the, what the band or the student, Texas state students stole the Nevada Trident turn turnover Trident. Um, I think and, it was one of the horn players in the band. Yes, And then he was launched escorted from the stadium yeah. for throwing the Trident at the <laughs> Nevada team, which, and of course, immediately with the Trident, all you can think about is anchorman. We were like, I killed a guy with a trident. Like that escalated quickly. Like, I don't know. I just this was a great weekend for college football, but the Sun Belt won the weird, what's so goofy, why we love this ridiculous sport aspect. You know, they swept the podium. Oh, they did. And Marshall beat the hell out of Virginia Tech, which was lovely. Yeah. Um, I think we all enjoyed that. Um, potentially setting up, you know, raising the stakes if if both teams can do what they should the next few weeks uh, down the road. Um, also, Old Dominion, Rob, we really shouldn't speak of, but oh, <laughs> that was the yeah. one negative on the Sun Belt. Yeah. Was I don't know what happened down there. I, I know it's weird because I, I know the weather messed up the whole vibe of the weekend and homecoming and everything, but man, Texas A&M Commerce, 
going for two to beat you in the last minute. <laughs> like that's rough. Yeah, that's uh that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Um and the other great thing with the Marshall thing, so that's four straight weeks of a Sunbelt team beating a power five team. And the even better news is the Raging Cajuns have a shot. They're going to Minnesota this week. Um, so would really, really like to see them <laughs> keep this streak rolling. Um, There's some yeah. leaks in that boat that uh, PJ is Yeah, they, they, if you're going to sink too. the boat, I think. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Cajuns. If anybody knows how to sink a boat, it's freaking Cajuns, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you're right. The Sun Belt just in general, this this whole weekend of, of this crazy college football where there was everything else going on, and you're like, Ah, oh, the Sun Belt is the funnest thing in the world right now. Yeah, it was great. We're stealing tridents. They have coaches showing refs' phones. <laughs> They're doing drone video in the stadium. Yeah, wonderful. Um, speaking of, so what's one thing you're looking forward to? ESPNU, noon, Saturday at Bridge. Finally back at Bridgeforth. Uh, you could just see on Signetti and some of the players' faces as they got asked in the interviews, you know, when they started moving from questions about Utah State to what's next. You can just see the relief kind of of coming home. Uh, but what's what's one thing this weekend that you're really looking forward to, Rob? That's what I'm looking forward to, a home just game. Just coming home, yeah. Just home game. Like I, I, You hear a lot of people online be like, what's the big deal? It's People are flying and there's airplanes and it's only a short Dude. bus ride. And three games in a row, it's an emotional game. Mm-hmm. UVA was emotional on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Massive. Massive just for what it represented to the kids who all grew up in Virginia, none of whom got scholarship offers from UVA. Throw that with the way that UVA had such a big response to the tragedy in their own right. That's a just that's a roller coaster of a game yep. to go through. To do that, to kind of win, great. What say what you want about UVA's team and how good they are. They should have beat NC State on Friday night. It's their own stupidity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we're but whatever, yep. you know, whatever. and then you've got obviously Troy, which was, I don't know, one of the toughest road trips you can take yes. in the Sun Belt. That was a big game. And then obviously Utah State, in terms of pure distance, yep. that's about as far as JMU has ever gone in its history. Yeah. We went through this last year. Didn't we try to figure out, was Weber State the longest road trip? Yeah, two years had? ago, I think Weber State was probably. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's just, it's a big deal to play three games like that. And yeah. to still be a college student and all that. So I'm just looking to And to see home. Troy turn around and beat Western Kentucky. Like this wasn't like a a, a push you know, a, a crumbling Troy team that JMU beat. This was still Troy, like mm-hmm. defending Sunbelt champs who turn around and, you know, beat the CUSA champs, right? I mean Troy still expects to be playing for the Sunbelt Championship. They 100%. have not given yeah. up. You know, that, that is a good team. So I'm just not the only one because uh, Signetti, Signetti also expects that. But that's a whole different conversation for a few weeks yeah. from now. <laughs> well, I think um, that's him more manifesting. Trying. To I do too. I, I like it. I like um, it too. But that's, yeah. he's saying that for his players and for the fans. I'm not sure if he really believes it. But yeah. I, I for do people don't one, know what we're talking about. He, he yeah. made comments today about, you know, the door not being shut and, Maybe the Sun Belt will do the right thing if Jamie takes care of business. And yeah, I it's didn't even very know. Good. I'd like to see it from my head coach. Yes, but I, don't I know thought if he was any... just planting some I don't seeds, know right? Yes, and some motivational seeds for his own kids, maybe. Yeah, I also think people overread into it a little bit too much. I don't. I don't even know. I know there was some Sun Belt 
I think Sunbelt was mentioned in the questions that were being asked. But I also think when he said common sense will prevail, I, I, I think that some of that was also like, we can get to a bowl. Like, regardless of the Sunbelt, I know what I know that he was a little more than that. But, you know, he's planting some motivational seeds for our own kids there. You know, like, let's keep it going here. Um, Agreed. It'd be fun, right? I mean, get to 10 and 0 and let us all start, then, then see what the conversation is, you know? I mean, that's what Signetti's doing, right? Is telling his kids, like, just keep winning and everyone will start talking about you again, just like they did last year, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's fun too, even if it doesn't change the outcome, you know? So, what yeah. are you looking forward to? I'm really, I uh, just cover the wide receiver, Lacey, number six. Mm-hmm. Cover number six. Like, find a way to not, he's going to score two touchdowns and have 200 yards against us. Like, it's so frustrating to me. Terrell Vaughn, the kid number zero on Utah State this week, was like, he had like 26 catches coming into the game. Nobody else on the team had more than 10. Like, Malachi Fields against UVA, we talked all week leading up to that, like, number eight. Cover Malachi Fields. Cover Malachi Fields. We, we just, we have not been able to shut down a wide receiver one in, in against teams that have legitimate options. Shut down. We haven't even contained. We haven't even contained, right? And this week, uh, South Alabama has a kid, number six, Lacey. He's just better than the rest of the kids on the team. Um, they have a really good running back, too. Um, very good, Webb. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not going to, like, there's nothing we haven't seen anything from JMU's run defense that gives me like I don't care who the running back is right now. Like that's not my biggest concern. You know, I would like to see them make an improvement, do something to adjust to the fact that, you know, if somebody else on that team steps up and beats you, then you know, so be it. But it shouldn't be we, we've been taking away the top running backs, which is great. We need to continue to do that. And in this case, it shouldn't be Lacey number six. Um, it's just it's just really frustrating to me that we haven't been able to even like you said even contain what was like very clearly the top option you know um the last few weeks so i'd really like to see that and and i am excited like you said rob i'm really like uh, the home thing i'm really excited to see a big big crowd you know the only home game jamie played was bucknell on labor day weekend which was just like probably going to be our worst you know at least i mean it was an opener so that's kind of exciting but you know, it wasn't an excited crowd. It wasn't a super football crowd. It's not one you circle on the calendar. No, this is definitely one that's going to be really, really fun. It's on ESPNU. Uh, so even the people who can't make the trip shouldn't have any trouble watching the game. Should be much, much better quality announcing and production and that stuff. And and, and this was the other frustrating thing. There were people in the... We just have to keep educating, Rob. Um there were people like, what? This is terrible. We're still at a low level. I'm like, this is an out-of-conference game against the Mountain West team. Like, you get what you get. Yeah. Like, App did the same thing. Oh, yeah, by the way. Oh, I'm, yeah. You know, App's lost two games they probably shouldn't have lost. You know, they lost in overtime to Carolina, and they lost this insane yeah. game at Wyoming this week where they lost on a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Um. <laughs> And then threw an interception when they were in field goal range to tie it up. Like, I don't know. Like, they're two and two, and in in a close schedule where they maybe could be four and zero. Would you rather be them or would you rather be four and zero? Like, JMU's played close games where they could be two and two, but they're not. They're four and zero, and I'm perfectly happy. Um, and I just, I, I don't know. This is, I do think, Rob. The one thing about this weekend, 
I don't know what to think. South Al lost to Central Michigan this week uh, at home. It was a good game. I think the jury's out. Central Michigan may be good. Like I have no idea. They're very Utah State-ish in that way. Um, I just don't know enough about them to know. And then the other game South Al lost was the opening game of the year to Tulane, who is great, right? Is is a Tulane is a top probably 25. the best G five right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah. if they're certainly in the conversation for the best G five, if they're not, right? I mean, I, I'm not. I don't even care. They just they went yeah. to Cotton Bowl last year. They're very good. They're good again this year. Um, so those are the two games that they've lost. I, you know, I don't know what to make of them. Coming before I got to, I did watch a little highlights of South Al Central Michigan today. Uh, I do think JMU can run on South Al, which is weird because I had thought of them more in the Troy mind like mode of like probably really tough defensively. I do think JMU can can run the ball this week, and I'm kind of looking forward to that against them. I think that will set up a lot of things. I'd like to see them get back to that, and uh, I I still think this might arguably be the hardest game. Who knows? I mean, Marshall's really good. They're all, everybody's good now. <laughs> like the Sunbelt's good. Uh, this is, this one feels difficult because it's like at the end of this stretch, this long month. If Jamie could find a way to pull this one off, man, will the next two weeks be fun over the bye, you know, because you could really start dreaming about what they, you know, getting everyone healthy being ready to attack the the two teams. I mean, the next two weeks will be that it'll be Georgia Southern and Marshall two the two Sunbelt losses last year. You'll play the two of them in five days um, when you come back from the bye. So, you know, I, I'd like to, I don't know. I just really hope they can sneak through this week uh, with a win. I don't think they need to sneak through. I think it's just, no, no, I just hope they can pull it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see them winning big perfectly honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I could see them, really treating last week as a bit of a wake-up call, yep. but also something to be proud of. Like they showed, as we mentioned earlier, they showed that they've got a very high ceiling. Um, it's weird with the Sun Belt this year. Like it's hard to tell who's good. Like Marshall, obviously good. Georgia State, I would say obviously undefeated. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> like, if they're good. They're kind of like know? us. They're like- it's, it's Same oh. with JMU. Like yeah, yeah. JMU undefeated. So like you got to give them credit, but like JMU has not shown its A game. Georgia State has, you know, Four wins is four wins, but they also really struggled against a Connecticut team that all of us were like, well, Connecticut took a giant step forward last year. Right. Well, they took about four steps back this year. So I don't know what to think. Um, yep. I could I could make a case for JMU winning every remaining game. I could also see them losing all or all but one or two. Like it's just it's a crazy year and a crazy conference. Um and, and we just haven't seen anybody play consistent 60 minutes week in and week out. Marshall, it was a very good win on Saturday against Virginia Tech. They almost choked it away. They did. Yep. You know, the the things that we're complaining about with JMU, the perception of, you know, like poor play calling and everything. I had the exact same impression watching the Marshall game. Yeah. They looked like they were playing not to lose at the end there. Now they did enough to win and credit them. That's a huge, huge win. Um, Good job by them. But who knows? It's just, it's a tough conference. Yeah. And the the whole styles make fights thing, like my getting a chance to watch a little bit of South Al today, like I feel like Jamie is actually pretty, going to be pretty tough on them Um, because I think they're used to kind of dominating people at the line of scrimmage and you're not going to do that against Jamie. And that's going to really put some pressure to see where, you know, how good are their players on the outside. Um, 
in a different way than they've seen, even against some of the better competition they've played. Um, I mean, that's kind of what happened then with Central Michigan. Central Michigan kind of beat them up up front and just ran this big, giant monster quarterback down their throat. You know, like, um, and I could see, I hope that JMU can do some of the same. And then, you know, on the flip side, like when we come back from the bye, Georgia Southern scares the heck out of me because of the offense they run against JMU's, you know, um, developing pass defense, you know. Uh, so, all, yeah, I don't know what to say about all these games, but I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. And, uh, and we're so lucky. It's what you said at the beginning. Let's enjoy it. Enjoy it while it's, while it's here. Enjoy these big games. Um, man, get through this one and you'll, you'll set up all the things you want. So, yeah. And I am excited, Rob. I mean, we just the, we started the show. The other thing with this weekend, there's some things coming. Right. McLeod, I think, played his first game. This weekend was the first game where he was like, like, I'm in command a little bit, you know, like this is my team or this is, you know, he's starting to feel his way into the offense, into what he needs to do. He made some mistakes this week, but he made big plays this week, too. You know, and he's got his guy in Brown. Yeah, he's got got his guy now. And then you see the guys like we were talking about, Dollison, Ponds. Tucker, Sproles, you know. Sproles, Barksdale, like these guys are starting to like, oh, like I can, this is how I can contribute. You know, this is how I get in, get on the field. This is what I need to do. Well, you know, and there's just a little bit of a weapon in the past game. What's that? Kalen Black being a oh, weapon. Oh, Kalen Black's game. really become a weapon in the past yeah. game. He's just so good. And I think he just ran out of gas a little bit. I mean, I understandably so at the end of the game this week. Um, I think Lawton, I, you know, Lawton didn't really, did he come back? I don't know if Lawton ever came back after he got a little nicked up this week. I, I, I felt like I didn't see him much in the second half. Um, you know, and then obviously Palmer played a little bit near the end. Yeah, the, I, I felt like Black had a big load, but Black's really good. And and he's been, like you said, so good in the past game. Um, yeah, so let's hope. JMU, I think a three-point favorite at this time. Um, about that same 51 over under. So three points is, you know, a pick them on a neutral field. But as you said, Bridgeforth is a, is a tough place to play. Uh, certainly not an easy place to get to for, <laughs> for opposing teams either, you know? So looking forward to this crowd, everybody go, go nuts this weekend, um, help the parents, you know, but really looking forward. I mean, you know, it's going to be, it's just going to be a true, true sellout. And like you said, with the noon kick, we might keep the students around a little longer than usual this week. So, yeah, should be good. Uh, Rob, we got a little overtime tonight? Yeah, let's just uh, keep it simple. Let's talk about uh, new music. What are we listening to? Artists, songs, albums, whatever you got. Just some recommendations for the people. Okay. I do. There's a song I know that I love, but I don't know anything about the artist. Um, have you heard that song, No California? No. Il- Ilzy? I think it's the girl's name, but it makes mm. me think of, um, it's very Dawes ish. Oh, nice. But it, uh, it, the, the song is like, there's, it ain't no California without you. And it makes me think of almost famous. <laughs> right. When he says like, tell her, I said it isn't California without you or whatever. Like it's probably a callback. She yeah. was watching the movie. Yeah. But, um, especially cause it's very Dawes. Like it feels very California, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that was the one song early on. I didn't know if you had another one. I mean, I have a few more. 
Oh, I got, I got a bunch. I've been listening to a lot of music. Um, oh, good. In terms of songs, yeah. Um, have you ever listened to Goth Babe? I have not. It's kind uh, of yeah, I have a little bit. Yeah, at least on new, like new, serious and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, new single "Alone in the Mountains" is really cool. It's oh, kind cool. of synth pop, whatever. I think he's got his first real album coming out this fall. But that song "Alone in the Mountains" is very chill. I like okay, it very cool. much, and it's a cool sound recommend checking it out and then another one in terms of actual songs zach bryan has the new album yes fantastic <laughs> Two new albums the guy yeah. never stops <laughs> yeah he's got the ep that has the new single boys of faith yes with bonnie Vare. yep and that is fantastic those guys voices are like complete opposite ends of the spectrum uh bonnie Vare does you know justin vernon does a yep. lot of guesswork a lot of producing with all sorts of different artists the guy's a genius but he strictly sings like backgrounds and harmonies and it sounds so good. His very high falsetto voice with Zach Bryan's, you know, deep raspy country voice. So that's a super cool song. If you haven't, I think it's yeah, Zach Bryan was on my list just because he has two. Yeah. He has the five song EP and the self-titled. Which David, also in know. addition to the Bonnie yeah. with the Justin Vernon club, doesn't even with Noah Khan. He does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also has another one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also, speaking of Zach Bryan universe, there's a new, um, I know there's a new album this week out from Charles Wesley Godwin, who oh. is a longtime Zach Bryan collaborator from West Virginia. Um, so looking forward to that album for sure. So, and then the other one, Rob, that I was thinking of, I have two more, but the one I was thinking of for you is, did you see the Steve Hyden piece about, I think it's Steve Hyden about how the national put out two albums this year. And, and he combined the, them into one. And he combined one? them into one yeah. and cut cut the fat yeah yeah <laughs> i gotta say that the, the national album that dropped last week yeah. is a national album it's fine yeah it's not anything you're gonna go crazy for it, there's some mm. good songs but i thought that was really creative and actually a really fair way of uh yes. assessing the state of the band yes oh what else from you well i got um i think i've told you about this band but wednesday Oh yeah, you have. God, and I always I describe this as like if Yola Tango grew up in the South. Yeah, yes. they're really cool, kind of almost noise rockish sort of things, indie rock. Um, really interesting lyrics. So, Rat Saw God is the name of the album. Okay. Really cool, and MJ MJ uh, Lenderman, their guitarist, okay, has a new album out as well, which is yeah. really cool. It's it, yes. I don't know, it's a very very kind of dirty like not grungy sounds the right word but just a cool like indie rock sound so i really dig the band wednesday that would be nice one that I'd recommend. and then my last one is um i know the new single is out from ashley ray um mm. and, and speaking of like dirty gritty country um looking forward to that full album also i think comes out pretty soon it's called dirty angel i think is the the single that's out um but she, she's got a couple of cool albums um kind of way under the radar country music. Um, I don't know. Big fan. So yeah. Cool. We'll check that out. Yeah. And then I got two more. One, I yeah. haven't listened to it yet because it doesn't come out till Friday, but the new Wilco album. Cousin, oh yeah. Cousin Dad's. Dad's yeah, night. Dad rock. Can't wait. We'll definitely, that, that is what I will be doing on Friday. Um, and then Slaughter Beach Dog. Okay. I don't know if you ever listened. That no. Re- this is, give that, give it a listen. Um, Really cool, just traditional folk artists. Um, new album, Crying, Laughing, Waving, Smiling. I just gave it a spin, but I've been listening to, to Slaughter Beach Dog this summer. Really nice. cool, just traditional folk acoustic sound. I think you probably oh, that's awesome. It. Love it. 
Well, that's a good one. Nice and quick for us yep. tonight. Um, Rob, it's a pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, yeah, likewise, man, man. It would be so fun. So we will, we'll be back next week. We'll do a show talking about South Al. Um, and then hopefully, you know, we'll, maybe we'll do a bi-week show where we, you know, start diving into as, as the other fall sports head towards the postseason. We should you know, get we a boy Coach around. O on. Yeah, go around the horn. Yeah, maybe talk some bat hoops. Uh, pretty exciting. I know hoops started practice this week. Uh, both teams, you know, have some good things going on. A little raise for Coach Harrow on the women's side, which is good. And uh, just really good to see like Terrence Edwards and the boys, you know, looking very excited. I don't know. There's some com- recruit that Jamie has been in the mix for that Shane has been tweeting about that is going to make an announcement tomorrow. I'm, I'm not yeah. getting my hopes up about Jamie's anything. Jamie's in the top eight. Yeah, he's got yeah. a guy out of Georgia. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I don't know how that all works, um, but yeah, it will be. This will be fun, and and just have fun this weekend. Enjoy it. Jamie's four zero. Like. It's weird. There's 27 teams this year. Like last year was a strange year where getting to five and zero got JMU into the top 25. But this year, there at least through four weeks, there are 27 undefeated teams. So like, I know there was a lot of like whining about like, oh, there's no G5 in the top 25. But I'm not even that mad yet. Like, you know, because like one loss Alabama should probably be in the top 25. Like, I, I mean whatever, whatever your feelings on that are, like, I just, at this point, it's not worth being angry about. I don't think, you know, like. It's definitely not. Well, no, just keep winning. We said like, earlier. Yeah. Jamie has whatever a the, game. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the G5 team that gets to seven and O is will be ranked. Like I'm confident of that, you know, whether that's air force or JMU or God forbid Liberty, you know, um, I did start to notice this week, like Liberty. I, I did see the uh, the Bill Conley article where he goes through all the undefeated teams. Liberty is going to be is projected to be at least a nine point favorite in the rest of their games. And uh, at some point, somebody's going to have to come up with like a Conference USA adjusted metric in the next few years because like <laughs> that conference, like it's not the same. Just watching like App Wyoming and Marshall Virginia Tech, and you know, like I just. Troy, Western Kentucky, like these teams are playing schedules, you know, um, you know, I just, anyways, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's get to five and zero, Dukes. And, uh, hopefully we'll get to talk about that next week, Rob. I think we will. I'm feeling pretty good about it. All right. Go Dukes.